0: Basically, it was like, get out of your heads, start doing things, um, and make it happen, and it feels great.
1: Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Our guest today is Amy Wyron Robinson, the Chief Operating Officer of NemoData, where she is on a mission to help fleets prevent breakdowns before they happen. She has spent the last 10 plus years launching, scaling, and learning from new mobility ventures including Waze, MoveIt, and most recently Get, where she was global VP of B2B. Previously at Get, she led Get Delivery, a startup with a startup, through hypergrowth from 0 to $10 million ARR and to profitability in less than two years. Originally from Washington, D.C., Amy lived in North Carolina and La Paz, Bolivia before moving to Israel. She now lives in the Jaffa flea market with her husband and one-year-old daughter. Amy Wyan Robinson, how are you?
0: Doing great. Thanks. How's it going?
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on my show. I'm very excited to talk to you about mobility, transportation. Uh, you were the VP Global at Get Taxi, Israeli-based unicorn uh, that is a hugely popular ride-sharing service. Uh, but before that, you were also very involved with, with Waze and Move It. now most recently the, the chief operations officer of Nemodata. Uh, but your journey is a little bit weird. It's not it wasn't obvious that you're going to end up being the COO of a growing startup or the VP at a unicorn. You actually started back in Duke in politics. So talk to me a little bit about that. And I'd love to tie in your fun fact of being, of being a certified yoga instructor.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so lots of different elements and coming together. Um, so yeah. So first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it's really a pleasure. Be here and share a little bit about my journey. Um, so, you're right, I started back um, studying politics and economics um, back at Duke many, many years ago. Um, and I thought that I wanted to be a diplomat. That was my kind of first career. I grew up in Washington, D.C. Um, and then at some point, I realized that being a diplomat meant working for the government, which wasn't suited so well to my personality. Um, and I decided to look for other opportunities or ways to go abroad um, and kind of reached out to some people at Duke, ended up working in Latin America um, for about four years. Um, How do you get to eventually... Latin
1: America? It's not, it's not the most obvious path from Israel to Duke to Latin America.
0: Yeah, so, so um, I went there initially to study abroad. Um, I had the choice between Spain or Bolivia, um, and I chose Bolivia. Um, kind of the less traveled path. Um, And after spending some time there, I got connected with some alumni from my university just to ask them, I was really curious, kind of, what are you doing here? How are you doing it? Um, And so from those conversations, um, it ended up turning into a role for me um, and it grew from there. Um, So after a couple of years, I decided that I wanted to continue growing in my career um, and do my MBA, but there was some really, there was a dissonance between going from Latin America back to the U S to do an MBA there. Um, so enter Israel. Um, during that time I visited Israel for the first time, um, and startup nation, everything exciting that's going on here. Um, and so I decided to come to Israel to do my MBA, um, 10 years ago, and you could say the rest is, is history. Um, history. Yeah.
1: So uh, that history is, is still very, very long because you've, been an MBA consultant for Ways, and then you worked for Move It and Get Taxi. Why? Why mobility? What? What is it about mobility that really got you excited?
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, during my MBA, we had a project where we reached out to an Israeli startup and basically had to pitch ourselves um, to do a project during our during our studies. Um, and so my teammates and I pitched ourselves to Ways. <laughs> <laughs> wrote an email to Uri Levine. Hi, Uri. <laughs> we would love to work for you, with you on any project that you, that you uh, need. Um, and to our delight, he replied, sure. Um, and
1: as simple, that's as, how that.
0: Got started. As, simple as that, um, just kind of, you know, sh- shooting for what you want. And, uh, sometimes, sometimes you surprise yourself. So anyway, Uri became an amazing mentor. Um, and I think it's really through him that, first of all, that I fell in love with startups and decided to stay in Israel, not only do my MBA here. Um, and also, he taught me the difference between managing and building. And when you go to your MBA, a lot of it is about managing. How do you right. manage your people? How do you manage, how do you control versus is, so building some yeah, so, so I think in startups, um, especially in the world, again, you asked about mobility. Why do I like it? Why am I into it? Um, because it's changing, because it's growing. It's not managing a, something that exists. It's building something that you are imagining for the future. Um, and taking all of the micro steps now to make this macro vision a reality, this is something I think that he really encouraged us to do. He basically was like, get out of your heads, start doing things. Um, and make it happen and it feels great so so yeah so this is how i got into startups into uh, mobility and through Ori, I, I met the the founders at move it um and yeah
1: so even within um, even within mobility what what's been your sweet spot what what has been the the area that you've been really focusing on
0: yeah yeah so i would say there's kind of two aspects to what i what really gets me excited Um, one is like I mentioned, building from scratch to scale. So having this kind of zoom in, zoom out approach of, okay, what's the macro vision? What's our North star? Where are we aiming for? Um, and then kind of reverse engineering, all of the little steps that need to be executed on to get there. Um, so it's not enough to have only the vision. You have to be able to execute on it and you have to be able to engage people around it. So I'd say Mm -hmm. this kind of building from scratch to scale is something that, if I think of the moments that were like most exciting or most, um, you know, when I was in my state of flow, um, it's, it's these moments. Um, and I think the other piece of it is partnerships. So a lot of my um, career has focused on partnering with, other, with others to create value, both within the organization, other organizations, um, and kind of trying to figure out how we can get there together because we're not going to get there alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. But but it but still it sounds t- it to me that the things that you were mentioning, the zoom in, zoom out, scale partnerships, that is that is something that is pretty common to a- across the board when you're looking at the tech sector, right? No matter really what industry you're in, you're gonna be dependent on and reliant on par- on good partnerships and on great scale and growth on any SaaS business. So still why why mobility why helping people get from point a to point b because i can imagine you now going to slack or twitter or google and saying okay we can do the same thing there
0: yeah i think there's something really special about mobility um i love it (laughs) obviously um there's something about the fact that it affects your daily life um someone someone Mentioned, you know, if, that a good app should be like a toothbrush. You use it twice a day, um, and so I think mobility—it's it's something that really affects our lives and it affects our quality of our lives. When it comes to your commute, how much time you're spending getting where you're going. Uh, these days, these COVID days, it's a bit, uh, a bit different. Um, so, how is it changing? How is it evolving? But I think that we're seeing these dramatic, dramatic shifts in something that affects people's daily lives. Mm. Um, Really significant way. I mean, hours and hours of every day are spent moving around. Of course. Um, and so I, I really get um, excited about things that can really impact.
1: Uh, so having having way. seen a lot of the different um, innovations that have been going on over the past few years in the space, where are we heading? Because it feels to me as more of a bystander that we have these great tech companies that are developing these great technologies to link drivers and riders, even link riders and riders. But we've reached some point of we've reached some you know milestone where okay it's easy for me to get a taxi no matter what but 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 I haven't seen really major advancements in the past two three years. Are there big advancements to look forward to in the mobility space?
0: Sure, sure. So I think there's kind of two areas that are exciting to me um, around mobility. One is I mean you mentioned there's lots of different private companies working individually, and I'll go back to my. My public policy and also my partnerships kind of vision to say there's an ecosystem that is yet to be created where these systems are working together and where it's not, um, you know, there's a place for the city to be involved there and kind of what's for the public good. not only um, You know, not only um, individual companies with individual riders, but starting to look at the city as a whole. There's this whole concept of the 15 minute city that I think is really interesting and really exciting. What is the
1: concept of the 15 minute city?
0: Yeah, or you can get anywhere in 15 minutes. Um, That's what makes uh, a good city, um, according to this theory. So it means having goods and services close to you, and it means having accessible transportation to get where you need to go. So I think it would be great to get anywhere in 15 minutes. Um, And so I think this is one area that we're going to see more more developments that actually help people um, in their lives. And I think the second area is around, and this is something that's really exciting to me, um, thinking about Nemo data is this area of artificial intelligence. So starting to see not only how we have the operation side of these um, mobility services that are you know, doing a good job today of offering um, rides or offering scooters or whatever the case may be, but then starting to have this artificial intelligence that's actually optimizing things on a level beyond. Um, so I think that's something that's really exciting, and there's a so, lot so to be
1: explored Even before we talk about what Nemo data actually does, What is the problem that you're describing here that you you're saying on one hand, we have the operations and we're getting so we're getting pretty good at them and matching and doing all the logistical stuff. What is that layer that we're missing? that you think?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think that and again, it can be from everything from scooters to logistics, but there's so much data that's being generated, Um, so much data. And I'm not talking about, you know, Michael wakes up here and goes here. I'm not talking about this. And unique data. I'm talking about aggregated kind of on a, on a macro level. There's so much right. data being generated. Um, and it's almost like a tsunami that that then, you know, it takes, I think the next phase is to say, okay, how what data do we actually need and how right. can we use it to actually bring insights that improve things? Um, and so I think when it comes to artificial intelligence, this is where artificial intelligence can help us see through the noise or cut through the noise and and come up with really smart actionable things to do um, to actually take improvements so it's not it, it becomes beyond just uh, moving from point a to point b as an individual and it becomes okay how do we optimize the whole system
1: um right kind
0: of right. macro
1: so nemo data is trying to work on that problem but and, and how do you do that so how do you approach this new market with this new understanding that a bunch of this data also you, I mean, you're coming from a world of partnerships. You need to acquire the data from these partners.
0: Sure, sure. So, um, so NEMA is Nemo is looking at um, preventive maintenance, so preventing breakdowns for fleets and um, before they actually happen. Um, so we see a tremendous opportunity um, both in terms of commercial vehicles like class eight trucks um, that break down. They break down a lot, um, and it costs a lot. Both in the expense of fixing it and also the revenue that's being missed when those trucks aren't working. Um, we see shifts to electric vehicles. We see shifts to autonomous vehicles. So all these really interesting things that are happening with fleets. Um, and then somebody's got to prevent them from actually breaking down um, and and keep make sure that those fleets are actually running um, and that they're on the road. And, and I don't know about you, I wouldn't want to be in an autonomous vehicle that just stops working and there's no driver to tell me no no there's no driver to you know keep an eye on on things it really needs to be um you know it really needs to be through artificial intelligence and also with electric vehicles nobody's run these vehicles um constantly you know 24 hours a day commercial vehicles have all kinds of stresses on them that we don't know yet so there's a huge place for artificial intelligence to help us um take all the sensors pull the data in compute it um, and come up with some actionable insights there.
1: I think what you're saying is fascinating because I've never even thought of this. I'm think when I think of, you know, moving to autonomous vehicles, right? It's the it's the imminent, you know, future that is hopefully not too far away. I'm thinking of myself being in a car and I'm not even worried that the car will make will do an accident because I trust the autonomous vehicle more than I trust myself and I'm a pretty good driver and I still trust the autonomous vehicle much more than I trust myself. But I but obviously, you know, any machinery, anything that is moving has moving pieces let alone electricity running through it is going to break down at some point so even if that autonomous vehicle breaks down once every five years right that's still a scary thought and i would want something to be able to tell me to to tell the company operating it by the way we think in the next few weeks you you might want to check on on a few things here
0: yeah yeah exactly there's definitely a place for um, artificial intelligence to to do the things in the background that we as consumers um, or drivers take for granted. Um, You know, from your perspective, the the vehicle should show up and it should work and everything that has to do with preventing um, issues should be happening.
1: A hundred percent. And I'm I'm guessing that until these solutions come to place. The the obvious solution is going to have to be regular checkups, regular maintenances. Uh, I believe that when I spoke to Gal um, from Nemo Data, he, he shared with me these astonishing facts about how about truck breakdowns across the United States and how much money is being wasted uh, in daily, monthly, annually on, on truck breakdowns that could be prevented if you would just have that those sensors that are that are uh, that are predicting when it's going to happen
0: yeah yeah there's definitely major applications for for this today um so was, the figures we've seen are that there's 85 billion dollars wasted every year Just that, on um on truck breakdowns that could be prevented um both in again those direct costs and the lost revenue from the vehicle not working um, and that actually those same vehicles are responsible for 5% of the U.S. greenhouse gas emissions, wow. which is an insane amount. Um, it doesn't have to be. That way. You can also reduce the emissions by keeping the vehicle in top form, um, by changing the parts on time, by making sure that the tires right. have the right air culture. This kind of stuff affects 100%. fuel consumption in a crazy way. So. hundred
1: um, percent. Amy, we'll see a huge- uh, it's fascinating to talk about mobility, but, but even more than that, I love hearing your insights along the way. So having gone through these experiences and now I feel that I've gained a little bit more insight into the mobility space and some of the thinking process that, that you go through throughout the years. But what are some things that if you were to look back, you were to tell your younger self, even, you know, whether it's at a point in Duke or at MBA with Waze or move it, what, what, what things would you tell yourself?
0: um yeah yes so i think i've had definitely a journey with myself over the last uh you know 10-15 years of kind of coming into my own um coming into myself as a leader i think that i you know i don't i'm not usually the um oldest person in the room i'm sometimes the only woman in the room I'm definitely not the loudest one in the room. Um, and so it took me a while to start to understand that those what makes me different is actually my superpowers um, and that it's not weaknesses. <laughs> um, and to own that. I mean, I think I remember so, so clearly during my MBA, um, I studied with Israelis when um, I was in this group <laughs> of, uh, you know, the Israeli guys who'd been in the military. They have their their um, kind of leadership style. Um, and I remember the teacher gave us this assignment. We had like 15 minutes to work on it, and so I, you know, I, said, I read the assignment, um, and I said to everyone, "Okay, what do you think? And what do you think? And what's your input?" And tried to kind of keep us on time, build consensus. Um, and we got to the end of the of the 15 minutes, um, and then the teacher says, "Okay, so who's the leader to present?" Um, and I, saw so I turned to the group and I said, "Who's the leader?" <laughs> and they said to me, "You're the leader." And it, something went off in my mind, that yeah, I'm the leader. I'm not just the helper or the facilitator or you know the supporter. I'm I'm by engaging everyone, by getting that consensus and bringing everyone in. I'm the leader, um, and so, kind of went home that day and said, I'm the leader. <laughs> um, working, but but it really, it, it's it's uh, it's, it was a journey for me to understand my style and learn how to use it and learn how to use it as a superpower.
1: And, uh, and what I love about the story is that while you, while you're explaining the, you know, the environment that, that, where you were bring, bring together the consensus, you didn't even mention if you even said your opinion. And I think that that's a, that's one of the remarkable aspects of leadership that, it, doesn't even necessarily to have the person who speaks the loudest or is the first to say their opinion, but the person who is also able to get the consensus and, and hear everybody and then adapt even their own views after hearing everybody and putting it all together. I think that's just wonderful. Amy, I, I can't believe 20 minutes are almost up. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, best of luck with Nemo Data and and what you're doing there. Uh, I, I think it's just phenomenal and I'm very, I'm very hopeful that by the time that autonomous vehicles will be here, when I'll be in the vehicle, I'll know that it's being powered by the preventive analysis of NEMO data. But before we leave, Amy, I need to ask you for three words that you would use to describe yourself.
0: Um, sure. So I think um, calm, calm under pressure. Um, okay. That's definitely one um, collaborative. I love working with people, bringing people together um, and getting there, getting where we're going together and uh, curious. I'm really, I love learning new things. Um, and I try to approach even the hardest, hardest things with curiosity, with kind of a, uh, uh, a question of, you know, what is it going to feel like when, when we do this amazing thing? So, uh, yeah.
1: And I'm sure it's pretty exciting moving from a big company, like get all of a sudden to a small early stage startup that is just getting started properly. And, and, and being, being in that core team, I'm sure it's a, it's incredible.
0: Never boring.
1: Never boring. Amy, thank you very much. <laughs> Best of luck. Dash to Gal. And, uh, and I can't wait to see Nemo, powered by NemoDate on all the vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Think of us. <laughs> Take <Stay tuned>. care. Bye. <laughs>